Muslim Radio Weekly is brought to you by United Hands Relief and Development. Support their projects on uhrelief.org. And Noor Art. Find their educational Islamic products on noorart.com. Muslim Radio Weekly on Radio Azad. Assalamu alaikum. This is KM Dean. Welcome back to Muslim Radio Weekly. Thank you for joining us this Sunday morning. Praise be to Allah for giving us this opportunity to spend this time together learning about and celebrating the beauty of our deen, Islam. Today we have a lesson for the kids from Sister Noor, our segment Marriage Matters, and Brother Hamza is back with Sports Talk. Let's get started after this message. Noor Art has been serving the American Muslim community for over 20 years, helping to build Muslim identity in children through songs, stories, and animations, then as your partner in education with Islamic schools. With thousands of carefully selected titles and exemplary customer service, Noor Art is a great source for all your Islamic educational needs. Your Islamic educational partner, Noor Visit NoorArt.com. In our mission to raise our children to become strong, lifelong believers in Allah, we need artists like Sister Noor Sadi, companies like Noor Art, to explain the Quran and Sunnah in a way that our children will want to listen to, in a way they can understand. Here is a beautiful clip from Sister Noor that can help you give your kids right now, today, a better understanding of who Allah is. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allah, there is no God but He. He has always been. He will never cease to be. We are born and we will die. But Allah will always be there. He is the ever-living. Allah, there is no God but He. We all have needs. No needs has He. How hungry and thirsty we are after a long day of fasting. But Allah never needs to eat or drink. He doesn't need anyone to take care of him or provide for him. At nighttime, we need to rest so that we can wake up refreshed, ready to start another day. But Allah never needs to sleep. He doesn't even need to take a nap, ever. There is nothing and no one like Allah. Allah, there is no God but He. All things He sees. Under a blanket? In a closet? In your basement? No one can find you there, but Allah can always see you in His special way. Although He does not have ears like we do, Allah can hear everything you say and even knows your secret thoughts. Think of something right now. Don't tell me. Can I guess what it is? Probably not. But Allah knows the thoughts in your mind and the feelings in your heart. There is nothing and no one like Allah. He does not have a tongue like we do, yet Allah talks to us. His is a small voice that whispers in our heart what is right and what is wrong. Allah is part of us no matter where we are or where we go. Allah is our closest and dearest friend. He loves us. He provides us with everything we need to live. Our food, our drink, our home, our family. He gives us guidance how to lead a happy life full of love and joy. Allah, there is no God but He. 
through him find peace. Marriage Matters This segment of Marriage Matters is entitled, Would You Sign a Prenup? Is it a deal breaker? This is a discussion we had on Clubhouse this week, hosted by Sister Nazi, with guests Imam Muhammad al-Dastani and Baba Ali, actor-comedian and founder of the Muslim matchmaking platform Half Hour Dean. An interesting topic. Let's listen in. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. We are here today with Muslim Radio, and we are talking about would you sign a prenup? Is it a deal breaker? So uh, we have with us today Brother Imam Darsani. He is a. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Welcome, Brother Imam. And he is a self proclaimed no nonsense imam, as he puts it. I like that description of him. He is currently serving at the Islamic Center for Peace in Fort Myers, Florida. And he has also served as an imam in the Dallas area. Uh, and he has contributed to interfaith discussions, uh, discussions about Islamophobia, common challenges that face the American Muslim community, which we also at Muslim Radio Dallas like to address. We have also Baba Ali. Thank you, Brother Baba Ali, for joining. Let me give a quick introduction for Baba Ali before we get started. Um, and I think to some he needs no introduction, but for the sake of introductions, um, a lot of people describe Brother uh, Baba Ali as a stand-up comedian, but he's also a web designer, co-founder of uh, many things, Umma Films, more recently co-founder of a um, organization called Half Your Ardeen, and that's a platform that gives Muslim singles and spouses a space to discuss the challenges that Muslims face. And in all of the various projects that he takes on, he has a goal to dispel the myths that surround the image of Muslims in America that, and um, help Muslim Americans tackle those challenges that they're kind of confronted with every day. So welcome, Baba Ali. Appreciate you joining us. Jazakallah uh, for having me. First of all, Brother uh, Imam, for a prenup, is, is a prenup a nikah or is that different? Um, so how are these two things, the idea of a nikah and a prenup, the same? I've also seen also that they, there's prenuptials and postnuptials. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Thank you, sister, for the introduction, and salamu alaykum, akhi Baba Ali. I would like to start by thanking Allah for giving us this opportunity to learn from each other and to share a few ideas about one of the most important issues of the Muslim's life when it comes to completing his deen. As they say, it is half of the deen to get married. However, getting married is a process in Islam that is uh, taken seriously by the Islamic teaching and by the Islamic cultures too. The Quran is clear about who we should choose. The Prophet ﷺ did give us an advice who choose for marriage. For man, he said, Choose the faithful, religious, or righteous woman, and you will be fine. And for the women, said, If somebody comes to you and you accept his deen, his practicing, his adherence to the deen, and you accept his ethics and manners, then give him your daughters or your women in marriage. Allow him to marry your women. So that's to start with. Now, the topic is a prenup, and there are so many things we can talk about in uh, this hour, probably about the marriage issue, but we'll concentrate on the prenup. Let me first start by defining what the marriage is in Islam. Marriage in Islam is basically an agreement or a contract 
between two parties, just like any other contract we enter into. It has to be valid. The condition, conditions in it must be valid to take place. Any break of the conditions of the contract will nullify it. Most people don't know that. So let me start with what's common among the people and how they think of marriage in Islam, unfortunately. They think getting married is to agree to have the khutbah or khutubah, meaning the courting period, and then have a wedding after having the nikah. You mentioned is the prenup is a nikah or not? No, the nikah is basically the agreement to get married. The prenups are the conditions we put in the contract for that marriage to take place. You mentioned the postnup. The postnup is just like the prenup. It's just an agreement after people get married, they might come to some terms and some uh, understanding and some conditions they want to impose in case there is a separation in the future. So they do a postnup. The prenup takes place before the nikah or the agreement. The postnup takes, pla takes place after. Now, when it comes to the prenup in Islam, is it mandatory? No. As I said, the contract is mandatory to make the marriage valid. However, those marriage contracts are just like any other contracts in this world we do, except we dedicate them to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make the relationship between a man and a woman legal and halal. So when it comes to prenup, I as an imam, when uh, I used to advise people, and every time I did a marriage, by the way, I always ask people to have a talk with them before they decide to get married or before myself get involved in performing the marriage for them. I have to have little time to talk with them and preferably weeks or months before the wedding, the officiation of the marriage. Because there are things a lot of people don't know. Most people think, okay, if we get married according to Islam or according to the church or according to the law, then we're okay. And when people come to have an Islamic marriage, first thing I tell them, you need to understand, you are coming here because you want to marry each other according to the book of Allah and the son of the Prophet. They say, absolutely. I said, okay. How about if there is a separation or there are problems in the future or there is a death? Do you want the separation or the solution of the marriage to be according to the sunnah of the Prophet and the Book of Allah or not? Because if you want it Islamically, it has to be from beginning to end, from A to Z in that marriage, you have to be Islamic. Not just we want to get married now so we can have this physical relation, make it halal, and then when we have a problem or there is a death in, of, the, of one of the spouses, then we kick Islam out, we kick the Quran out of our life, and we go and settle the issues according to the laws of the place where we live. I say, no, you have to do it all the way there. There's an agreement there. Yes? Okay, then. Now, do you know your right as a husband and you know your right as a wife? And most of the time, unfortunately, it is a no. <laughs> they know a little bit, but they don't know in details what the rights they have over each other, and especially for the women. And uh, sometimes after having these talks with some people, uh, they decide not to get married, believe it or not. And I had incidents, I, I was really <laughs> surprised with the outcome after the talk. Two professional people. It was between a lawyer and somebody in finance. And we had the talk that lasted for a couple of hours and they came from two different states. 
and we met and we talked and talked and everything was fine. Wedding was determined on that day. And a few days before the wedding, when I called to confirm, this is, the guy told me, Imam, did you know something I didn't know? I said, what happened? He said, there will be no wedding. We, after we talked and we thought about the issue, uh, the decision was, we're not going to go through with this. The stories that you're telling me are a lot like, you know, you're no-nonsense imam. Like, you want to make sure that, uh, that everybody knows exactly what they're getting into, and you're confronting them, make, putting them in a position where they're thinking about the things that they not might not be thinking about. That's right. And, and re- looking over all of this information about this topic, I was I came across sort of things that are traditions in different various cultures, and maybe some of them are good traditions and some of them are not, but nevertheless, they're they're cultural. Um, Correct. And so I was wondering if maybe Baba Ali might you might know any stories, examples of things that are just cultural um, that come along with the prenup. Either it's a good thing or a bad thing. What's interesting, uh, uh, what's interesting about the prenup, uh, it's funny how people look at it different ways. One person can look at it and say, uh, what, nothing says I love you, but I don't trust you like a prenup. The, the other person will look at the whole thing and says, well, this is how I protect myself from, like the, so you said the cultural uh, things that may be coming into effect. Because a lot of times when people are looking to get married, we are looking in a specific country that is not necessarily Islamic. For all of us who live here in the West, we are going by the laws of the land. And the laws of the land may not always necessarily be aligned with what Islam says. So if a laws of the land does not protect women or does not protect men, it just it is what it is. But by doing an agreement or contract beforehand, you can determine how, for example, if you each side, each of the husband is protected, the wife is protected, everything from like debt that you would have before marriage uh, from your spouse's debt being protected from that to your property not being divided by based what the state or the government is saying versus what Islam says, which is fair for both sides. Because oftentimes, if if we don't have our deen in, in, in the country we're living in, we are at the mercy of whatever the court says. And if the court is unjust to the wife or the husband, we're stuck. There's no, there's no, it doesn't matter what the Quran says because they're not following the Quran. They're following whatever the current system is, right? So this is why the prenup makes sense for a lot of people. Now, I understand at the same time, people don't understand really what it is. People think prenup means I'm making you bankrupt. If it was a divorce, you get nothing. I have everything for myself. A prenup is an agreement, prenuptial agreement between both sides. So there is that um, side of trust that comes in so you guys both know what's going to happen if something happens if i got in business one of the things i would always have in a business is an exit strategy what does that mean well exit strategy is like hey if we ever go bankrupt or things don't work out what are we going to do with the business do we sell it do we sell the assets do we divide 50 50 what if you decide that i no longer want to be part of this partnership i want to move on to something else what happens with your share do I still give you 50-50 and you're gone and I'm doing all the work? What is what is the exit strategy if either you or I, what if you pass away? What if I pass away? And we do have these agreements and contracts when we have our own wills, right? And for those people who have a will, inshallah, this is sunnah to have, by the way, or you have a trust. When you have a trust or a will, you are writing a contract that says, hey, if I pass away, these are the rules and regulations I need this to follow. And those rules and regulations you can set based on what Islam says, right? I want to make sure my son gets this much money, my daughter gets this much money, my assets go this way. Otherwise, when you guys don't have any of this stuff in contract for a will or a thing, you're going to have problems when you pass away because all that stuff can caught up in the court system. Similarly, if you don't have a prenuptial agreement and you don't know how, if there is a division, hopefully, inshallah, there is no divorce. But if there is, at least it's crystal clear from both sides that both sides are protected and both sides are taken care of. So uh, all the cultural nonsense that we try to apply to Muslims and marriages is oftentimes problematic. There is no good or bad that comes with it. Uh, I'm sorry, there's no good that comes with the cultural nonsense. Nobody has said, wow, our culture has really helped our marriage. It doesn't work that way. In fact, most of the problems we have in our marriages is because of culture. 
has almost zero to do with Islam, all to do with culture. So if we're going to rely on culture to uh, protect us in the marriages and divorces, we got a work cut off for us. Muslim Radio Weekly. Despite the pandemic, United Hands Relief will continue its life-saving work around the world, making sure that your contributions reach those who need it most. We invite you to join us in the giving. Our projects include feeding the fasting, providing access to safe and clean water through water trucking, water wells, and orphan sponsorship. Let's make conditions better this Ramadan for the most vulnerable who have endured unimaginable hardship. To give now, visit uhrelief.org. That's the letter U, H, relief.org. Marriage Matters. All right. So um, you mentioned people thinking of prenups as sort of bad luck or a sign of distrust. How can we change the way we think about a prenup? Either of you, yeah. Well, as Muslims, really, uh, she, they should be <laughs> no-brainer, literally, because every marriage, no matter how simple the nikah or the marriage contract or agreement is, is a prenup by itself. I have to say that if anything ever happens to me and my wife, I want to make sure my wife is fully, fully protected. That's what I would say, and I have two daughters. I would be very surprised if neither of them signed a financial agreement. Oh, then it'll be up to them. But I would want them to make sure they're protected so they don't rely on the mercy of the state. And if the state is unfair or unjust, they're stuck. And many men, by the way, to be fair, are stuck right now. We live in this country where men are not treated fairly in the state. Men who have done nothing wrong will lose both their children and forget we're talking about 50% assets. I have never met a brother who lost 50% of his assets. Majority of brothers that I have met that have lost their, in a divorce, they've lost the vast majority of their assets. Forget 50%. I don't know what the 50%, I think that's the thing we hear about. I hear 90% more. Plus, they lose their children. Even if the guy did nothing wrong. So uh, this is one of the reasons, by the way, a lot of men are not looking to get married. There's a lot of successful men says, no, thank you. I'm done. Why? It's not because I don't want to get married, but the system is against me. If I've done nothing wrong, I do no affair, no abuse, nothing. And one day my wife decides she wants to do infidelity and leave me. She can take my money with that with her anytime she wants. She can literally press the nuclear button and say, blow the whole thing up anytime she wants. That's a system rigged against me. And no matter what, you will not get your children. You will not. It's almost impossible. So with all that said, why would men be proposed to getting married? And here's a bigger question. If you do want not to want to sign a prenuptial agreement and say, listen, I want the state to decide if anything goes between us, how are you going to convince the man you're speaking to about marriage that, hey, we shouldn't do this. Let's just let the state decide. Knowing full well, and he knows well, that the state does not benefit men whatsoever. It's against men. So why would he not run away and say, you know what? Maybe I don't really need to get married. And he just says, I I'm done. I'm okay with this. I'll, I'll rather stay single. That's the big I problem. need to correct this. The states or the laws are not against men, brother Baba Ali. You made beautiful points, by the way. I mean, that's the key point for the whole prenup. You made it very, very eloquently. However, the laws are not. Unfortunately, the laws will serve who has more power and more money and better lawyers. Let's be clear on that. Uh, so, the opposite also happened. <laughs> uh, okay, but I'm saying that generally, generally, who are the ones that are being taken to the cleaners? Are men or women? I well, mean, in the, the case of the working man who really provided and worked and built the wealth, Usually the man, yes. But the woman should be entitled because, not for half or 90%, for a fair amount, because as you said, you made the point, if she weren't there taking care of the house and taking care of the kids and taking care of the man himself, he wouldn't be who he is. So she's entitled, no doubt. And that's why she should, if she was not a working woman, especially not working woman and is going to be a housewife, 
she should enter the marriage with a prenup. I'm on the same page as you. So here's a here's a question. Exactly. When, when but we when you rely on the state to decide what is fair and what's not, and what the state has over and over and over done, because we can talk about whoever has the best lawyers in the, that case, but the reality is, it's who how you get the best lawyer if you don't have money. So the sisters don't have the funds to go hire best lawyer when the guy has the funds to do it. You know, so it's the, the it's not that, fair. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So I think, I mean, we both agree, and we all agree that a prenuptial, the goal is to decide what's fair. And what seems fair to somebody, one couple can not seem fair to another couple. But as long as both agree on what is seems fair, then to them, and they keep that agreement, then when some if something does have to end, then it will be a fa- fair in their eyes and won't be a conflict, inshallah, is what, what we're aiming for. Noor Art has been serving the American Muslim community for over 20 years, helping to build Muslim identity in children through songs, stories, and animations. Then, as your partner in education with Islamic schools, with thousands of carefully selected titles and exemplary customer service, Noor Art is a great source for all your Islamic educational needs. Your Islamic educational partner, Noor Art. Visit noorart.com. Marriage Matters. So I'm going to take some questions from the audience. I've got one person who's saying um, that when you use the word prenup in America, it usually just elicits the idea of only money. Um, but she's asking, what about things like abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, um, using verbiage for such things? And then also she's asking, um, she thought in a, in a marriage contract, um, it actually incorporates, uh, encompasses a prenup and then, and then some. So, um, I guess either one of you, if you wanted to address that question. Well, we, we are trying to talk about the issue from an Islamic point of view. In the prenup, as I said, everything can be mentioned and determined, whatever she wants or whatever he wants. If she says, I am not going to clean and cook or do anything of the housework, she puts it there. When he comes to force her, you're listening now, and she doesn't agree, the contract null and void. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she, the prenup, not only it empowers, also it gives fairness, and also it proves that you are into it, into this marriage, for loving that person. Yes, they call, they might call a gold digger. Okay, you're coming for me. This is what I want from you. If none of what's gonna be written there happen, nothing's gonna happen. You'll be with me for the rest of our lives. You see, I mean, it works both ways. But when people put it strictly for money, yes, I can see why people are concerned about mentioning that. But no, it can be about everything, everything from money to social uh, relationships to traveling to working in the house to everything, caring for the kids. You can determine everything. It can be as big as a book. It can be a couple of pages. This is up to the couple. Right. And of course, our customs and our cultures play roles in resolving some issues sometimes. But when they don't, those customs and cultures don't work. And as Brother Baba Ali said, and you go to the state, you're at the mercy of the law there and you end up losing. Well, I I did um, see that some states and cities, some judges, they do actually um, follow the law of the or follow the 
prenuptial agreements that maybe an imam or somebody fall and then and then we get criticized or we get as american muslims that we're trying to take over the courts by using sharia law um which i think is you know this is no they recognize the prenups by anybody i mean Mm -hmm. with people without religions even it's prenup or the marriage is a contract between two parties that's all it is and if you have that contract written in a good way the outcome will be good too for both sides i'll take one more question from adam and then we're going to close down the room go ahead adam assalamu alaikum to everybody um, i just had a quick question uh sheikh mohammed because i heard you say that uh that the courts allow us to follow uh, our religious laws 100%? Uh, is that in Canada or in the U.S.? In the U.S., brother. In the U.S. Okay, well, because what, what, uh, I have a friend, a true friend, real friend. He was used to come on here a long time ago. But anyways, um, so he was a middle-class worker. You know, he was a good six-figure salary. And he married a woman who was a millionaire. Her father was a millionaire, so very wealthy. So he went to court, you know, after three years, they got divorced. She wanted the divorce. So in Islam, um, when a woman asks for the divorce, there's a khula. So she's supposed to give the mahar back. She didn't give the mahar back. And on top of that, uh, the court said that he had to give her his entire 401k, which was roughly about $800,000, pretty much his entire life savings. And uh, he was, you know, about 38 years old, 39 or something like that. So... How is that that they're following our, our Islamic laws? I mean, I, I don't know, uh, you know, how you were saying that they let us follow 100%, because I no, don't think in no, Islam they would allow this. Would they? Wonderful question. Did they go in with a prenup according to the Islamic rules? Well, no, that I don't no. know about. But, I mean, you, you, I was always uh-huh. curious because you said, you said they allow us to follow yes. our religion 100%. No, no, okay. so. this is, as the sisters, sister mentioned a while ago, in some states, actually, there are councils, okay, uh, Sharia councils, if you want to call them, to conduct, you know, these kind of issues, civil issues, disputes between Muslims, and and the Jews have the same thing, by the way, and, and many other religions, they do have the same thing. If you have a prenup, official one, recognized by the law, it will be respected. But if so you it don't, has to be written. It has to be something. Ha- of course, rec- written and recorded and recognized. Thank you all for joining. Assalamu alaikum. Marriage Matters. You are listening to Muslim Radio Weekly. This is KM Dean. Hope you enjoyed that segment of Marriage Matters. So, if you haven't figured it out yet, what we call a prenup is the nikah, the marriage contract. It may or may not include anything in it about money. Allah advises us to write agreements and honor them. We just don't take the time to take the pen and put everything we want in the marriage contract. We're too in love or don't want to think about it until these things pop up later on and cause a commotion. I know for sure if my wife and I would have done this, it could have helped us avoid a lot of misunderstandings, arguments, a lot of problems. And this is what Islam does. It helps us avoid trouble. What a beautiful deen. Muslim Radio Weekly Despite the pandemic, United Hands Relief will continue its life-saving work around the world making sure that your contributions reach those who need it most. We invite you to join us in the giving. Our projects include feeding the fasting, providing access to safe and clean water through water trucking, water wells, and orphan sponsorship. Let's make conditions better this Ramadan for the most vulnerable who have endured unimaginable hardship. To give now, visit uhrelief.org. That's the letter U hrelief.org Back after a few weeks off, here's our brother Hamza with a new edition of Sports Talk. Conversation and updates from the sports world. Sports Talk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. 
I am your host, Hamza Saraswat, and welcome back to Sports Talk. We have a packed show today, and we're going to hop right into it, talking about the NBA, right? We're getting closer to the playoffs, and a lot of these big matchups are going down. Uh, honestly, you know, with the add, uh, the addition of the play-in tournament um, with the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seed in both conferences, it has uh, made the playoff race a bit more interesting these past two years. But nothing that I can think off the top of my head, really. I, I don't think there's really any interesting matchups going on. Uh, just going and looking at the standings real, real quick, um, the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th seed in the Western Conference are... The Timberwolves are at the seventh spot. They're currently on a six-game winning streak. The Clippers are at the eighth spot. The Lakers, very disappointing. I'm not even going to bother talking about them uh, in this episode because, you know, every other big, you know, sports podcast has talked about them. Every other, you know, media, like, everyone's talking and writing about how bad they are. And honestly, I'm just not going to give them that time. They're a bad team. They're not worth talking about. LeBron's 56-point performance was amazing. It, it, it was goat-ish. It was goat-ish, but it's, they're just not worth talking about. And in the 10th place is the Pelicans. Honestly, no one else in the Western Conference is going to make those four spots. Um, I don't I don't even see the Nuggets are at the 6th seed. Maybe the Timberwolves, if they keep this winning streak up, maybe they you know get out of the playing tournament and the nuggets strictly only because it's just jokic and no jamal murray maybe they drop into the playing tournament that's about it uh the pelicans are at the 10th seed you know they had a bit of a uh, winning streak uh after the all-star break cj mccollum and brandon ingram seemed to really click they really the pelicans are one of those teams that was very easily forgettable this year but they have a lot of young talent right they have Valanciunas. He's not really young, but he's a solid, solid center, borderline all-star. Uh, they have Devontae Graham. They had they, they traded for Josh Hart. They have Jackson Hayes. Honestly, I feel if they like if they had Zion um, this year, he would be able to do a lot more. He would be able, you know, maybe they'd be around the seventh or sixth seed area. But um, they'll make the play, and I don't see the Blazers, who are number 11, or the Spurs or Kings, who are 12 and 13. I don't see them making any type of run. Um, the Lakers, they're going to lose in the playing tournament at this rate. Um, as of right now, they just lost to the Rockets, which is just a disgusting loss. Um, the Clippers, solid team with their stars. They're a top three seed in the West and a top three team in the league, right? Even just Paul George, if they just had Paul George back, they, they would be a top five seed in the West. That's how deep their team is. That's how good their stars are. Um, hopefully, Paul George and Kawhi stick around, right? Because it, it, it would be a shame if, you know, they, they kind of left at this point because uh, the GM has really built a great roster there, right? Uh, the Timberwolves, right? I've, I've always thought that, you know, Carl Anthony Towns wasn't that amazing of a player and I'm not trying to hate here or anything uh, but uh, I guess with the addition of Anthony Edwards uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, a veteran leader in Patrick Beverly um, they're they're really you know coming on the scene they're pretty exciting to watch I mean Anthony Edwards is basically just a highlight away you know like he's just a highlight reel of just dunks and and just he has he exudes this confidence right and he se it seems to me like he doesn't except losing like it just, it just doesn't you know if he's not injured he's gonna play to win every time right and and as we all know historically the Timberwolves aren't a winning franchise sure they had Kevin Garnett and you know they, they've had some good franchise players but historically they are not a winning franchise and I think Anthony Edwards could be the one that turns this franchise around hopefully let's see what uh their their big three they're very young big three can do right uh going on to the eastern conference that's a little bit more interesting when it comes down to the play-in tournament um we have the raptors at seven the nets at eight which we will talk about the nets a lot more later on in the show the horns hornets are at nine the hawks are at 10 um, which is a really big fall from grace for them the wizards are at 11 and the new york knicks are at 12 the Pacers are at 13. I don't see them making any type of run. 
currently the Knicks are on a, are on a three game winning streak. Um, you know, maybe they could go on some type of run and I don't see the wizards really, you know, doing much. So I, I could see the Knicks maybe sneaking in at the 10th or ninth seed. Cause you know, Charlotte, they play no defense. They're, they're currently at the ninth seed. Um, the Hawks, they're really iffy. I, I don't even think injuries really have derailed their season too much. They just, uh, are just a disappointing team this season, right? So I think the Knicks can, you know, kind of sneak in there if, you know, they kind of, you know, they have to win a lot of games. But I think they could sneak in there. Um, Raptors at the seventh seed, definitely a surprise for me this year. Um, Scotty Barnes was a pleasant surprise. Um, Fred Van Vliet, a first-time All-Star. Um, they they work really well together. Pascal Siakam, I, I don't want to leave him out. Um yeah, but let's talk about the Nets, right? The Nets play the 76ers Thursday night on TNT. 76ers are the third seed in the East. Nets are the, currently the eighth seed. Now I'm just going to go over the box scores of, you know, the, the, the you know the overall game and, 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 you know, the main players, right? The Nets beat the Sixers 129 to 100. Durant had 25 points, 14 rebounds. Kyrie Irving, because this was an this was an away game in Philly, he played. He had 22 points. Seth Curry in his revenge game had 24 points. Harden choked in yet another big game. 11 points on three on three of 17 shooting and only five assists. And of course, Embiid is always going to show up. He has 27 points. But what it really comes down to it is James Harden just doesn't have what it takes to step up in big games, in my opinion, right? He kind of folded, um, I, like, and they dogged him. There was a point in the third quarter when the game was already out of hand, but every time Harden passed that half-court line, Kyrie or Seth Curry, they would strip the ball from him. They would they would dog him the whole way down the court. And and the, the Nets, they came with playing with something to prove, right? You know, it's well-documented that, you know, Kyrie and his whole vaccination status and, and, and Durant with his injury and a, uh, the trade with the 76ers. There's been a lot of moving pieces with the Nets, even though they're considered one of the favorites to to actually make the finals from the East. Right. But they seem to be bringing it all together. And, and this game was really um, a showcase of what they can really be. They beat the 76ers down, man. I mean, the Sixers were pretty much fully healthy, right? It was Embiid, it was Harden, Tobias Harris, right? Uh, Thibel, and, you know, th- and their bench, right? You know, they didn't really have any key players missing. Harden just didn't play well. And and, and this is just the main knock on him in, in his career. He doesn't play well in the big games, right? And, and Durant and Embiid going at it, I love that. I love that the refs let them play through. I love that they got in each other's faces. It's just that competitive spirit. Honestly, I really want to see a Sixers-Nets playoff series. That would be amazing. I mean, the storylines that would come out of that. Just, you know, Seth Curry had his revenge game. Imagine imagine him playing against the Sixers in a seven-game series, right? Durant and Embiid going at each other, right? Kyrie and Harden going at each other. It, it would be amazing. Like I would watch every second, every play, every dribble of the ball of that series, right? Um, so yeah, I mean they, they beat the brakes off of them. And and looking at the top four teams in the East, judging where the Nets end up, you know, and how their, you know, last, you know, kind of leg of the season plays out, I don't think I would want to play the Nets in the first round at all. Right, you know, Miami right now is at one. The Bucks are at two. The Bucks are the only team that I feel um, shouldn't be scared of the Nets. Right? I mean, obviously, none of these players, none, none of these teams are going to be scared of any other, you know, player or team. But the Bucks really have nothing to worry about. Obviously, the Nets are going to give them a good run for their money, but they're they're the defending champs, right? Giannis, Giannis is a two-time MVP, right? Middleton, Holiday, you know, we we you know they have a an amazing coach you know they're the only team i mean f- for the heat sometimes their stars don't show up 
the Bulls aren't really great against teams with winning records, right? Um, especially teams uh, in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Celtics are at five. The Cavs are at six. So I don't see them playing the Nets in the first round. So just strictly speaking about the top four seeds, because it really is fluctuating between those four with the number number one and two seeds. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to face them unless I was the Bucks, because honestly, if I'm the Bucks, I, I, I feel like I can be anybody. Right. Um, yeah, that's just a scary matchup. Um, honestly, Lakers, they're going to be out in the plane, in my opinion. Nets, uh, hopefully they can keep it together. Hopefully New York comes to some type of decision. And I'm talking about, you know, um, with, with the vaccines and vaccination, hopefully we get to see Kyrie play in home games, right? Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of balance um, the Kyrie playing only away games. Maybe that kind of takes away uh, the other team's home court advantage, but it also works against them when they play at home. So I guess it kind of balances out. But uh, that's what I have to say about the NBA. Moving on to UFC 272, headlined by a non-title fight, which this isn't uh, a, a really, you know, this doesn't happen often, right? Uh, headlined by, by a non-title fight, Colby Covington versus Jorge Masvidal. The card um, as a whole, it, it was a pretty decent card. I'm never going to sit here and say, you know, um, you know, this fight was boring or this and that because I really do enjoy like I, I'm not one of those MMA fans that has to see a brutal knockout for every fight. I can appreciate a good, you know, game plan of wrestling and takedowns, ground and pound, biding your time. I, I can appreciate a good, you know, ch chess match between two great strikers. But we're going to talk about that main event. Colby Covington, and, and this was my opinion going into the fight. Colby Covington was going to dominate Masvidal. And the only way Masvidal was going to win is if he knocked him out in the first two, like maybe two to three rounds, right? Because I've watched enough of Masvidal's fights to know that he kind of does gas out towards the end of the third round. Even if you watch the Nate Diaz fight, he was starting to gas out right when they, uh, when the doctor stopped that fight, right? I feel like if you had let them fight the fourth and fifth rounds, uh, Diaz had already taken Jorge's you know, hardest shots, and he was ready to start giving them back, right? And just with Colby's pressure and just the amount of, you know, his wrestling, I mean, Masvidal's takedown defense is superb, but Colby just kept going at him. He just kept going at him. And and just, you know, that constant pressure, It's it really, you know, in any other era, Colby Covington would be the champ. And I'm not sure if I've mentioned this, in a previous podcast, but this is the MJ effect, in my opinion, right? And, and this is something I know it's not really original, uh, but um, this is something that I've kind of come up with. In any other era, Carl Malone would have a ring, right? In any other era, Charles Barkley would have gotten a ring. But because Michael Jordan was in his prime in the 90s, they didn't get that opportunity. Same thing applies with Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington. In any other era, Colby Covington would have been the undisputed welterweight champ, right? But Kamaru Usman is there. Colby Covington, as long as Usman is the champ, he is always going to be the 1A. He's already fought him twice. Usman has lapped the division. The only person he's yet to lap is Gilbert Burns, right? And Burns really, uh, you know, you know, he has to prove that he can make his way back to that title fight. Um, right now, I think Burns is scheduled to fight Hamzat, which is going to be an amazing fight. It's a big step up in rankings and competition for Chemaev, but I'm excited to see how he does. Uh, but, you know, Osman beat Masvidal twice. He's going to fight Leon Edwards for a second time. He, he beat um, Colby twice, right? Um, he already beat Woodley, the former champ. I mean, Kamaru Usman is the greatest champ right now. I was going to say he's the greatest welterweight of all time, but, you know, GSP is still there. Uh, I think Kamaru needs to, you know, lap the division some more, you know, because GSP is basically one of the GOATs. Um, and uh, Osman's definitely up there. Definitely up there because he's such a dominant champ. But um, he's probably the second best welterweight of all time right now. You know, he wins... 
one or two, maybe one or two more fights in in this dominant fashion, then I, I would be ready to give him the welterweight crown, you know. But um, really, what's next for both fighters? Uh, I I really don't know. Is 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 does Colby get a third fight? Like I I don't think really, and I can't off the top of my head remember if any fighter has you know has has there ever been a trilogy in MMA where a fighter gets a third fight and being 0-2 against the other fighter. You know, you know what I'm saying? They already lost the two fights. But really, Colby can be anyone else in the division. There's no competition between Colby and the rest of, and the, rest of the division except for Osman. There really isn't. And Masvidal, I think he's going to go on and have a few more money fights. And I think he's going to retire. Him versus McGregor be, would be really interesting to watch. There's still that fight between him and Leon Edwards that would be really interesting to watch, um, but I think I think he's gonna keep you know going for more of those money type fights instead of actually you know trying to work his way back for the belt because I th- I think Osman uh, beats him again without question. Um, I would like to think Osman beats Colby again, but I mean Colby's pretty much the only fighter that has give, given him any type of challenge, right? Um, yeah, so I, you know, the welterweight division is pretty much the best division, maybe only second to maybe the lightweight division, but I think I'd I'd have to pull welterweight above that, right? It's probably the best division in MMA right now. So, you know, there's a lot of good matchups. Hamza coming up, moving up the ladder. It would be amazing to see him fight Osman. Um, looking forward to the NBA playoffs, and I'm looking forward to these new upcoming matchups in the UFC. Jazakumullahu khairan for listening, and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Conversation and updates from the sports world. Sports talk. Jazakumullahu khairan to our guests, hosts, and producers, and to our sponsors. United Hands Relief and Development. Support their projects on uhrelief.org. And Noor Art. Find their educational Islamic products on noorart.com. To sponsor Muslim Radio Weekly in our production efforts, visit muslimradionetwork.org for your tax-deductible donation. This is K.M. Dean for Muslim Radio Weekly. See you next week, inshallah. Salamu alaykum. Muslim Radio Weekly on Radio Azad.